0: good morning everybody my name my name is Tyler I am uh, grateful to serve as the president of the Blue Lotus Temple and we're gonna have a a different service today so you're all in for a treat you get to witness some uh, unique moments so uh, first of all uh, the way we're gonna work today is we're gonna have our traditional meditation like you're all familiar with then we're gonna have a little ceremony for a Sangha member who has passed You'll be able to be part of that. Uh, And then I'm going to give a little Dharma talk, and uh, we will carry on from there. So first, some really great news. We have a new resident monk. And uh, typical Blue Lotus fashion, we have no idea how long he'll be here, and we have no idea when he'll go. (laughs) And the reason that that is by design is because we're here for the teachings and for our own spiritual practice, not for the personalities. So, that's easy to say and impossible to do because we all fall in love with these guys. But please help me welcome Bhante Kasapa. Did I say that right, Bhante? Well, we're very welcoming you and so glad you're here. On behalf of the whole Sangha, please feel at home and feel our generous uh, welcome as you make your uh, home life here for a little while. So, we're grateful for as long as we can have you. Uh, The ceremony you're going to witness today is on behalf of uh, really a family member of the Sangha. Uh, so all of you know Tessa is uh, in our office day in and day out for years now. Her son Bo, uh, this place runs because of Tessa. Let me, let me be explicitly clear about that. Uh, and Aaron is one of our board members. So Aaron is here, and Aaron's sister Rachel's here. So we welcome the three of you. Bo, I don't think, is here, but he's here with us in spirit. Bo's the the little dude that runs around the temple. And uh, Aaron and Rachel lost their father in the last few days. Tessa lost her grandfather, who she called Poppy. And so we're going to do a little ceremony and blessing on behalf of his passing. He was 93. Am I right about that? That's amazing. His name was Wesley Reeves. Did I say that? Reeves. Reeves. Wesley Reeves. And... uh, 93 is incredible, right? We can all say that's an incredible life, uh, and that does not at all still diminish the loss regardless, right? So we get to live with that, that juxtaposition, which is something Amen. that our practice teaches us to do, because every day living in this world, we have to hold polarizing things and find a way to keep them together. So the whole sangha is here with you to honor your loss and to honor your dad and grandfather. Uh, and so with that, let's begin our meditation. Welcome, everybody.
1: Okay, please find a comfortable and relaxed posture. Keep your back straight as much as you can. And take a few deep long breaths. Relax your body. relax your mind. Maybe many things going in your mind. Just leave that everything behind you. Let's spend some peaceful, relaxed time with yourself. Make sure to relax your body from the top of your head to of your toes. And slowly bring your attention to this moment, experience stillness, peacefulness around this room. Let's practice self love. Be kind to yourself. Be gentle to yourself. Think deeply and to yourself. May I be filled with loving-kindness. May I be well in mind and body. May I be skillful? May I learn to care for myself with joy and ease. While you are repeating these words, same time, feel yourself as your best friend. You are the best friend of yourself. Now we can extend our loving thoughts towards your loved ones and also Erin, Rachel and Tessa. You can think of your grandpa, your father, we don't know where he is now but still the memories with you Maybe your loved ones, they are not with you but still, you can feel, you can connect heart-to-heart. Send your blessings towards them. May my loved ones, Be filled with loving-kindness. May they be well. May they be happy. May they be peaceful. May they be able to find peaceful and healthy environments. Now slowly bring my attention to your breath and focus on your tip of your nose and just allows your body to breathe naturally. many thoughts sounds may distract your practice if you distracted by them just know you are having thoughts then come back to your breath and let's spend silent moment with your breath Now, we all the monks, we would like to do a special chanting for Erin, Rachel and Tessa, especially also for their father, grandpa and also for you all. Please listen to this chanting lovingly and kindly. While you are listening to this, you can practice your loving kindness. You can think of your loved ones. Namo tasse bhagavato arhato samma sambhutn danse namo tasse bhagavato arhato samma namo danse bhagavato अरह तो सम्मा सम्बुद्धं से नातो Jaya mangalan jayaantho budhyamule saṅkhyānanandhivandh evaṅ tuihaṁ jayao tujaya sujaya maṅ saṅkhaṭvābhundaratnaṅ osadhaṅ utta maṅ etaṃ deva manussānaṃ buddha tejena san nantaṃ santu panna ratanaṃ osadaṃ uttamaṃ varan parilāva upasama damma tejeena santena nan santupaddha baya upasamintu te sankantva sanga ratanang us untamang varang aune saṅgate jena santena nānaṁ santu paṁ rogā upasamintu te aṅkin̄ci ratanān loke vijjati vividā ratanang buddha samannanthi tasma sotthe bhavantu te Vinjati ratanan vindati vividaputo ratanandamma samannan tasma sotthe bhavantu Anyam bhutthome saranam varangyete na sanchvanje Ho tute na na ho Jaya mangalan nati me saranang sangho me O te jaya mangalan sambitiyo vivatjantu sambaro VINASATU MATE BAVATVANTARAYO SUKHID GHAAYUKO BHAVA BHAVATU SAMBHA MANGA RAKHANTU SABHA DEVATA SADHASUT Bavan to te, te samba <coughs> sadaso tte bhavantu te nankanta ankabuta papangane varana parittasanu babe hantu te sampadave Please bring your hands together in front of your heart. Make a strong determination to apply this practice to your daily life, at least 2-3 minutes. May peace be with you. May all the living beings be well, be happy, be peaceful. (coughs) Thanks so much. (coughs) Okay, and uh, so now we are going to do a... um, Another special thing, especially in uh, our tradition, in Buddhist tradition, also in Sri Lanka, if someone passed away, uh, we do a ceremony, this we call a uh, water ceremony. And maybe you can, some of you can see here, we have a pitcher full of water and also there is an empty uh, cup. So, it has a really wonderful meaning and uh, first of all, we would like to Share our deepest condolences for of you, your family. I know it is a really hard time, and but I was uh, really lucky to see your grandpa. I visited him a few times with Tessa, and he was a he was a wonderful person. Then uh, I did a chanting. He was holding my hands, and he was very lovely and sweet. And so, but um, I was I was really happy for that, and but you all are really uh, big part of the temple and Tessa, Erin, and Rachel. And uh, so now, you can think what you did in your life. So you all are doing many different things to your family, to your society, to the temple. And then this uh, picture is full of water. It represents you. It represents you three. And also it is full of water. It represents the qualities what you are practicing. In your life, maybe you have done so many Uh, beautiful deeds you have helped many thousands of people and you are practicing really good qualities in your life the picture represents you okay it is full of water the market is empty it is mean the person who passed away then what you are going to do you are going to uh, pour the water until it's overflow it it represent we are uh, transferring the merits transferring the good deeds To the person who passed away, but we don't know where he is now. But still, still the memory is with you. And Buddha taught us in Pali language, Rupanjirati machanan namagottanna Najirati, But you can understand what I am talking about. But but what Buddha taught, our physical body one day will live. But the memories, the qualities what you practice, it will be with you. And we are talking and still you are thinking, you are talking, your father and your grandpa, and he is connected connected to your life many different ways. So now, uh, you all can hold the picture, then you can uh, pour the water until it's overflow, and while you are doing that, you can think about your good qualities, uh, everything you, you are doing, you are practicing in your life, you can think of your grandpa, your father, and while you are doing that, we are doing a special chanting and then you can uh, pour it until it's over okay? <clears throat> okay, please do that. Yathavari <laughs> Paripurenti up kampati atta vari vahapura paripur enti sagarang e vame vaitod in nang. Nang up kampati upakampati Okay, and uh, now, uh, Tyler, our wonderful board uh, president, he's going to do a Dhamma talk. And also, um, um, I would like to tell you one thing and usually every summer time, and uh, we are asking lay people, lay, lay people who is practicing, practicing with us many years to do a Dhamma talks. And today is a kind of start and Tyler uh, going to do a Dhamma talk and maybe next few months we will ask other people who is practicing with us many years to share with you uh, their experiences. And thanks so much Tyler and now it is your time.
0: Thanks, Mante. <coughs> Good morning everybody. This is um, a tree proposal for trees to be cut down on our property. Um, I grabbed this instead of the beautiful agenda I wrote for you. <laughs> so, so, so there you have it. I'm going to trust it's meant to be, and I'm going to wing it. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious to me. Uh, um, yeah, I was, I was thinking yesterday morning what I wanted to talk about. And I really, I really didn't have anything on my heart I, or my mind. I just, I was just, uh, I was just thinking, what, what do people need to hear? What do I feel like I need to say? And, um, Bonte texts me, please don't be your normal controversial self. <laughs> that was his instructions, which I also appreciate. Um, so, uh, I thought what I'd like to do is, uh, talk to you about a phrase we've heard in the last few years called the big lie. Because Bonte said don't be controversial, and instantly in my head, that's the title of my talk that pops up. You can see why he had to warn me to not be controversial. Uh, so th- uh, the big lie that I want to talk about is the uh, belief I held for a long time and the belief that I have heard many of you uh, reference and the belief that many books podcasts and TED Talks talk about, which is the concept of uh, learning how to love ourselves before we can love others. And I would like to declare that the big lie, because I have been uh, witness to uh, and have the lived experience of other people loving me enough to teach me how to love myself. And so this concept that we are somehow capable of first loving ourselves in order to be able to love others, um, I just, I just wholly reject. Uh, and maybe that's just because it's not been my lived experience, but I, I look at, I look at this family up here and I think when, when they came into this world, did they know how to love themselves or was it through the love of others? You know, whether it be a dad, a grandpa, a child. Um, I don't know which came first. Um, but, but after the, the, those early days, I know for me, uh, whether it be due to my addiction and my addictive nature, whether it be due to this, uh, culture of, uh, an intense and almost impenetrable focus on the outer life rather than on the inner life here in America. Uh, for whatever reasons, I, the conditions were created that I didn't know how to love myself. Um, I knew really well how to not love myself. I, w- I was expert level at that. But loving myself uh, took other people ferociously loving me, regardless of my behavior, to uh, invite me to to learn the tools that led me to be able to love myself. And so um, that's kind of the pretense of what I want to talk about today. I uh, have been... Uh, thinking a lot about uh, it's ironic that a few I think we have like three or four of our original old timers here today which I think we always get one or two of you but four is like a a big number Um, this is a big year for us so uh, ten years ago we uh, bought this temple and for those of you who remember it had these like nasty sloped floors and leaky nose and lots and lots and lots and lots lots wrong and um, and Against lots and lots and lots of advice to the opposite, Bonte disregarded all of that, and here we are. I'm sure glad. I'm sure glad for that. But it's got me really thinking about these last ten years, and actually, that those ten years only represent half of Blue Lotus's existence, because we actually did uh, in a leaky basement down downstairs, and and then uh, you know we were bar- we were borrowing space for a couple of hours a week. Um, and here we are. So, that's a lot in 20 years when you think about where we came from and where we are now. And so, I think about all the people, uh, a- a- for myself, I would put Bhante Sujatha at the front of that list, all the people who loved us uh, so unconditionally that they gave us the space and place to learn how to put tools in our lives that could teach us how to love ourselves. And so that's really, if I was to summarize what this place has meant to me and the the primary gift it's given to me, that would be it. Um, however, this is not the first place where I felt unconditional love and where I began to build my tool chest of learning how to love myself uh, that that journey started for me in the world of addiction and so uh I know that, that some people here identify as addicts, some people identify as former addicts, whatever language they want to use, but lots of people are familiar with um, the program that started in the 1930s uh, called Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous has evolved into any form of anonymous you'd like to say. Probably whatever you can make up, it exists. I recently saw uh, a, a Facebook page dedicated to Bulldogs Anonymous, so there you go. It's an, it's an everything thing now. But there is a... Um, There is a set of uh, uh, teachings in the original uh, book of Alcoholics Anonymous that uh, was uh, very, very impactful to me. And in my 31 years of sobriety, I have witnessed it to be maybe the most impactful thing in the lives of most addicts that I've had the blessing of being in relationship with, and it was called The Promises. And so The Promises were a set of tools that were developed um, for those of us who were really suffering to hold on to when things got really bad. Very, very often it requires a tremendous amount of work, pain, effort, and endurance um, to get well, to heal, to be in the process of healing. And so the promises were like this sort of guiding light, This uh, actually like when we say in my wish, the lamp post, right, to be a, a lamp for those without light. The promises for me were the lamp for me, the one without light at that time. And so I want to, I'm want. i not going to read all of them, but I'm going to share a few of them. Um, one of them is, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. I think what's important is there it says, we are going to know. What I've come to learn is we are also going to not know. And that could happen on any given day. It could actually happen multiple times a day. Where you, you know something, you're certain about something, you feel at peace about something. And then t- two hours later, you're like, where was all that love and goodwill? It's gone. I don't feel any of that anymore. Did I ever feel that? Was that fake? Uh, that is the nature of this life, right? Things come and go. We, we can feel so profound, so wise, so sturdy, so at peace. And then so quickly not feel any of those things and wonder if we'll ever feel them again, right? And for me, my lived experiences, both of them feel absolute. When the sorrow and the suffering arrives, no matter how much I know, no matter how studied I am, no matter all these years of lived experience, I I can't convince myself that it will get better. And regrettably, when it gets way better, I instantly forget that it's going to get worse again. And so we're always, aren't we? Aren't we always in this journey of just back and forth. It's just like this big pendulum. And so the promises were written almost, I would say, almost in future tense. And, and for me, what they've been is, um, I, I would describe myself as a flag in a nasty windstorm, and the promises were the flagpole that stands so sturdy amidst all that turbulence. Some of the other ones, self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. This is That was number 11 of the promises. And let me just read that again. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Um, Todd, you'll correct me maybe, but I think maybe this, in Buddhism, we would talk about the second arrow, about how our first, uh, my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep using myself. My first response to things often is less noble than my second response. You know, my, th- that, the first thing that comes up on, in my mind, um, sort of lives in a, maybe in a, a garden bed of trauma, of cultural, um, uh, You know, damage and mixed messages that don't fit. Uh, you know, my, my first response to a lot of things is from a less noble position than my second response. And for me, the reason that I have a spiritual practice, the reason that I've been able to maintain levels of sober mindedness for 30 plus years, the reason that I sit on these cushions day after day, month after month, year after year, often with Disgustingly large amounts of times not understanding the benefits of why I'm here. <laughs> Don't know if you relate, but that's certainly my lived experience. Um, those, those times, uh, at the end of those times when I know that things are getting better or that it was worth it is when I least expect my practice to catch me and, and it most of the time does. Most of the time, in that free fall of sorrow, the free fall of um, despair, the free fall of like, forgetting my noble uh intentions in life, most of the time now, something from my practice catches me before I hit the ground. And so I'm just going to read it again. We will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. Uh, all these years later, I'm still shocked by the surprise blooming flower of this practice that shows up right at the most perfect moment. And so I know for all three of you that's happening. There is no possible way to me that knowing what I know of this beloved family, the, the work you've done, the practice that you live, the way you represent your lives, there's just no way that these teachings and this wisdom is not holding you right now. Whether you feel it or not, I know it to be true. And so we know you're going to be just fine. And we know that all is well, regardless of the fleeting things of feelings, right? So uh, Bonte and I have had maybe a at least a decade-long uh, fight. And that fight uh, revolves around Buddhist language, Buddhist books, uh, the books that are up there, um, I freaking cannot stand those books, and I'll tell you why. Um, I have to, like, go to Google Translate every time I read four sentences, I, you know, and and so I, we've had this ongoing battle of, you know, he would hand me these scriptures to read, he would hand me these ancient texts, he would hand me this wisdom while I was studying And I would just get so frustrated. You couldn't even get through two sentences. I'm like, what is this mumbo jumbo? Like, how does that actually apply? I mean, if you're some dude in the forest who does not interact in society, sure, that will work. But like, I got a kid crying at home and I have to go to work tomorrow with this nasty person that sits next to me, right? I got a speeding ticket, uh, all the stuff. And it just, it just felt to me like it was theoretical and not, um, applicable to like our life. And so the, the, the fight we've had all these years is that I sit in, in anger and frustration and want to reject those teachings. And Bonte uh, invites and then demands that I just rewrite them. So writing is ordered out myself. Writing is the way I know what I think. Writing is the way I've learned to introduce myself to myself. Like I discover who I am through through writing. A lot of times I'll do it and I'll be like, whoa, uh, I didn't I didn't know all that anger was there, or all that joy was there, right? Like I just I find things in it. And so a, a very constant experience is I'll get mad and then he'll tell me to go back and rewrite it. And usually he does it right as I'm dropping him off at the airport for him to leave for three months. <laughs> And then, and then, typically when I get when he gets back, I'll be so proud to like show him, you know, what I've created, how I've rewritten some teaching he gave me, and he'll be just so proud, and he'll say, "That's such a great job!" And he, I'll hand the paper to him, and he just throws it away, and he high fives me. Carry on. He doesn't even read it. Like it's it's he and he goes. I wasn't asking for you to make something for the world. I was helping you fix yourself. So it's a it's been a very cool thing, but. He sent me something the other day that I wrote a number of years ago that i 'd forgotten about, and um, it was it, the the essay i 'm not going to read the whole thing, but it was entitled american buddhist and uh, and what i and and this is a body of work of like sort of the collected things that i 've retranslated from that mumbo jumbo into stuff that us folks would uh, more easily resonate with in a palatable way and and one of the things that I did was um I I had been uh, at this time this was a couple of years ago um I had been really uh, entrenched in refuge recovery for those of you who uh been around a while uh Bequini and I started uh, a refuge recovery meeting here in the temple uh we were the first one in Illinois and then it kind of blossomed because there was like some guy who took our picture and put it on the front page of the tribune and it went viral and so we, we had like all of these inquiries, and we didn't know what to do. And, and we ended up building this kind of amazing program in, in Illinois that was is, has been national. But a couple of years ago, it all fell apart under a sexual misconduct allegation. And uh, it was really tough because uh, you know how do you how do you uh, uh, honor and uh, acknowledge a body and healed so many thousands of people and was was you know in, in in part created by someone who now at that time had been accused of causing so much harm, like again, how do these two things live together? Is all the good now negated because of this bad act right? And so at that time, when I wrote this, that's what I was wrestling with, was what are we going to do, who are we going to become, uh, is refuge recovery going to go away? At that time, we had 700 meetings a week in the United States. You can imagine the level of impact that had on these people whose whose very lives sort of depended on the framework of that program. Um, and and it was that program, and then for me in the early days, the AA program, that was the the entity that taught me how to love myself. Both of these entities gave me that. Um, and so, uh, I, I decided to create, um, what I called the list of promises. And I, I used the AA's, uh, promises that had been this incredible guiding anchor for me. And I, th- I reflected on my journey, uh, of, uh, Buddhist study at first, and then Buddhist practice, uh, and then the building of this temple, and and the journey that we've all been on together. I reflected on all of that as I wrote this, um, and I created uh, the list of promises. So I'd like to share those with you today. Number one. Uh, so again, I'm going to say these are written in future tense, and the purpose is that no matter how good you are today, you're likely to be bad tomorrow. However bad you are tomorrow, you're likely to be good the next day. So carry that pendulum concept in your mind. The, the reason they're future tense is because this is something to hold on to and aspire to, or it is for me. Number one, if I am rigorous and hell-bent in pursuit of my inner life, I will be amazed before I give up. If I am rigorous and hell-bent in pursuit of my inner life, I will be amazed before I give up. Some ways that has worked for me and continues to work for me. I think the word amazed is critical. I am still, after all these years, and I know that many of you would raise your hands in agreement, I am still amazed at the surprise benefits of this practice and the, the ripples that it has. I cannot believe how often that my practice and these teachings show up in areas I never would have expected, in moments that I most needed. Uh, and so I am continually amazed. But I have to be rigorously... <laughs> in pursuit of my inner life. The, I, I call the United States the United States of addiction. Um, there has, I have never, I've traveled the world, I've never witnessed a place so singularly designed in distracting you from going inward as the United States. And so I, it is a radical act to have to have an inward reflection and and to start within in order to heal outside. Number two. I will know and experience drowning in compassionate, appreciative joy. I will know and experience drowning in compassionate and appreciative joy. I uh, suspect I'm not alone in the people who have been in times of sorrow that are so overwhelming and blinding. You're certain there is no tomorrow. And uh, what I have found is that soon after those moments, somehow, this, some level of compassion, either from others or from an entity like these two entities or from, uh, even now myself, th- this, this practice of compassion, uh, it has the, been the only lifeline for me, uh, whether it, it, it can come in a thousand ways. Uh, and then on the immediate tail of compassion for me has been appreciative joy. What I thought was that the practice of meditation, the practice of, I thought that the the result would be appreciative joy. What I have learned is that the decision is appreciative joy. I think that's a very distinct difference. Number three, I will cherish and embrace my stories, recognizing them as fodder for the mill. If anybody wants to come forward who doesn't have a story of sorrow, please do. We'd love to know you. Uh, but for me, uh, I, I can now look back and I can see so many things that seemed so awful that now I could not find a way to be more grateful for. Number four, I will be and no peace. I will be and no peace. I don't think it's possible to have sat on a cushion or practice any form of meditation for more than a couple minutes and not know for certain that at least for a brief second, maybe the entire time that one of the Bantes is doing a meditation, maybe you only get one or two seconds of a, a, a settled down mind or a calm nervous system. That's totally awesome. If it's two seconds, you're probably, you're probably double the average of the room. But but you will be and no peace. I, I just I know it. Number five. I, I guess I should say I promise, since these are the promises. Number five. Even in the trenches of my deepest suffering, I will see the light I am to others. Even in the trenches of my deepest suffering, I will see the light I am to others. Uh, generosity is the, the most powerful cure. <laughs> and so, um, you know, in, in addiction world, we often say to, 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 to stay sober, you have to, you have to give away, give stuff away. You have to be in service. Right. And in, in here, I know that the remedy to my suffering is by being generous to others, by giving in service. And so, um, there is just no, no doubt with this particular family that is embedded in, in the Blue Lotus Temple on, on two different parts of the United States. There is just no question that in this deep suffering, you have been such a light to us, to the monks, and to this Sangha. And so those two things live wholly together. Number six. I will accept the suffering and emotional delusions I will accept that suffering and emotional delusions will always come and go and that I'll survive anyway. I will accept that suffering and emotional delusions will always come and go and that I'll survive anyway. Many people I think arrive here believing that this is the place to end suffering and emotional delusions. Regrettably, this is the place where you discover that they're just nonstop and unrelenting. And so what you can, dis- what you do also find, however, is the fact that you'll survive anyway. And I'm here as a testament after all these years. I know for a fact now that even in my darkest pain, which still happens pretty regularly, I now genuinely believe that I'm going to survive. I genuinely believe it's going to pass. I genuinely believe that if I give to others, open my heart, get on this cushion, practice my precepts in all of my behavior, I know I will survive. I promise. Number seven, I will dedicate my efforts to adding more love to the world and abandon behavior that doesn't serve the greater good of us all. I will dedicate my efforts to adding more love to the world and abandon behavior that doesn't serve the greater good of us all. Uh, Tessa, you've done this more than anybody I know in this temple. You know, uh, you have the the efforts that you uh, deliver to us so silently. Right? I mean, how many, how many hours a day or a week or a month or in the last three years, how many hours have you been here performing noble acts of kindness that not a single person will ever notice or recognize, but they'll feel over and over and over and over and over again? Number eight, I will become my own best friend and only love others through that lens. I will become my own best friend and only love others through that lens. Bikwini Vimala, uh, who disrobed recently, uh, is, I'm totally not supposed to rank like the quality of teachers, but let's just agree. She's amazing. (laughs) And so, um, she, she is the one who taught me, me, uh, And I believe taught so many of us the concept of being our own best friend, what that actually means, um, and what it means to make being your own best friend sort of the foundation of a spiritual life. Uh, I think many of us are probably stellar at being a best friend to somebody else, and probably many of you join me in struggling to be a best friend to ourselves. But I promise that you will become your own best friend and only love others through that lens when you practice this way. Number nine, my entire understanding will change and keep changing. This one sucks. My entire understanding and all that matters will change and keep changing. My entire understanding of all that matters will change and keep changing. We should just have a whole Dharma session where all we do is just repeat that. My entire understanding of all that matters will change and keep changing. Number 10. My relationship to fear and inadequacy will be altered through newfound self love and acceptance. My relationship to fear and inadequacy will be altered through newfound self love and acceptance. I had a friend um, that really taught me this one, number 10. He uh, was a pretty successful guy. He was in his early 60s, and we had about a group of 10 of us that were really good friends. And uh, he sent out a notice to all of us to come to dinner that he had an important announcement. So we all arrived. All of us were worried you know, does he have cancer? What's happening? It was—it was a very grave kind of invite. You know, it had that—that—that that, that deep, uh, heavy weight to it. And uh, so we, we're eating dinner, and finally, like we're halfway through, and somebody stops and says, "Enough of the dinner. Enough of the small talk. What's your announcement?" Like, I can't sit here anymore. It was so great. And so he clings his glass and he says, "Well, I'd like to announce to all of you that I'm done working on myself." <laughs> and. Uh, So I'm going to read this again. My relationship to fear and inadequacy will be altered through newfound self-love and acceptance. What he followed up in his message to us was, he's going to keep growing, but he's not going to keep hating his inadequacies. He's not going to keep trying to fix the parts of him that he's been working on for so long that simply are his nature. Instead, he was going to work on pure self-love regardless of his behavior, and accepting who he is right then, but appreciating who he may become through keeping his heart open. My relationship to fear and inadequacy will be altered through newfound self-love and acceptance. Number 11. I will have an internal navigation system that will guide me without fail. I will have an internal navigation system that will guide me Without fail, I will have an internal navigation system that will guide me without fail. Now, the the dilemma for me on this one is it can often look like a failure, right? But if you go back up here and you remember, many times our failures have been our greatest. Moments, our greatest lessons, our greatest teachings. And so this one reminds me that even when it's the appearance of a failure, I can trust that all is well and all is becoming well. Number 12, I will all at once recognize that the world is conspiring in my favor and my only job is to embrace and celebrate this reality. I will all at once recognize that the world is conspiring in my favor and that my only job is to embrace and celebrate this reality. So it is through the 12 steps, the promises of the 12 steps, that was the first body of work that invited me to learn how to love myself so that I could love others. It was this place, these teachings and this practice that uh, gave me these promises that I could hold on to in the countless times that I have forgotten, and they're written in future tense because they'll be the things I continue to hold when I forget again, which is likely to be in another half hour from now, and then two hours after that, and then probably four hours after that. Um, So what I'll do is, I'll post these on our Facebook page for you uh, so you guys can uh, appreciate them, Use them. I strongly encourage you to rewrite them and make them your own, because we all know that that one of the greatest teachings of the Buddha is come and see, do not come and believe. So I invite you to come and see them. See if there's some promises that you could hold on to, a set of core tenets uh, that matter to you, and we'll go from there. Also, um, I just want to take a moment to introduce a book that is blowing my mind. Um, And so somebody give me a page number. When I say somebody, I mean Tessa. Uh, between uh, page 3 and page 234. Pick a number between 3 and 234. I swear to God I just opened to page 56. That's just crazy. All right. I just said, Swear to God, in a Buddhist temple. (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) I'm so proud of myself. All right. (laughs) So much of our internal struggle comes from not embracing change. Tension decreases when we understand that change is happening at every level, from the atomic to the biological to the mental A human being is composed of moving parts. Our identity is no different. It is a dynamic phenomenon, similar to a river, flowing, moving, expanding, roaring, weaving, all the time with power and all the time with potential to change. Do not limit yourself to a static understanding of who you are. Do not limit yourself to a static understanding of who you are. Do not limit yourself to a static understanding of who you are. Release your conditioned boundaries and be free. Okay, Monk. You gave me the announcements, but the envelope's empty. So this is, must be my day today. Here it is. I got it. <laughs> Three proposals and empty folders. All right. I'm going to have quite the day. Um, Gus, are you here? Gus. Yes. Gus, will you tell us about your upcoming workshop?
1: Again.
0: <laughs> yes. Again. Pizza. <laughs>
1: 6 and 7 o'clock, we're going to have a class, uh, basically a seminar, where we're going to share ideas about how Western thought, Western philosophy touches on borders of the of what Buddha teaches. Ty uh, just actually mentioned, one uh, I went into it, but everything that he just said this time. Time is where they need all right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be discussing that, um, and uh, uh, like I said before. And seven, it'll probably end up being downstairs, and
0: uh, we'll set some tables up and sit around. and uh, I've got notes, so you don't have to buy anything. That's the thing. Um, and we're going to have fun. We've already got it. ten people signed up. Awesome. It's going to be out of control. <laughs> okay, If I'm running it and you're there, it will be out of control. <laughs> so, anyway, so come and join us. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, Julie, would you mind letting everyone know how you greeted me at Starbucks today? (laughs) Um, I I think it was something like, um, look what the rain washed in or something. (laughs) Dredged up. <laughs> That's right. And then she like realized what she said, and she was like mortified for a second. Then she burst out laughing. Can yeah, I like, you know, just read the nonverbal language? <laughs> <laughs> or as Monte would say, please listen to my heart, not my words. <laughs> so uh, while you're still standing, please, would you talk about Buddha Kids? Oh, this about? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I do like putting people on the spot, but. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a parade. parade. Awesome. Thank you. Um, a couple of things before I talk about Wasaka Day. Tomorrow we have uh, meditation at um, the Gene- in Geneva from 6 to 7 at the Unity, Unity every Sunday and all are welcome. So check that so. out. At <laughs> Lake Geneva. Good, good <laughs> clarification. Um, We are, uh, so the first part of Wasaka Day, uh, we need some volunteers, so if anybody's looking for an opportunity to up their uh, practice of generosity, we need some uh, creative hands, but you don't have to be that creative because there's good instruction. Uh, We're making lanterns. We're going to do it immediately after meditation today, and there's probably a couple of other times as well, but today, after meditation downstairs, uh, we would love some help uh, making some lanterns for our parade and celebration. Speaking of which... Uh, Wasaka Day is going to be awesome this year. We missed the last two. We are not missing this one, God willing, and uh, we are um, getting ready to uh, acknowledge that this is our 20th anniversary uh, of the Blue O's Temple, our 10th anniversary of this building and beautiful space, uh, and the celebration of Back together again, so this will be uh, a, a certain to be a good one. We have a couple of opportunities. The Wasaka Day booklet we put out. This is a magazine-ish book uh, that Banteasaji is beautifully designed this year, and uh, there are some opportunities for advertisements in it if you'd like that. It's got great teachings, good dharma talks. It's got some uh, a, a, a informational information about the temple and sort of a transparency report about who we are, what we're doing, and what we're up to. Um, so if you want to advertise in that book, we that is going to. To be uh, hundreds of copies will be here distributed to the people who come. This place, as you all know, is usually packed to the point where we can't fit everybody and even with uh, all the extra chairs. But uh, we print uh, loads and loads of extras of those. It's given in our welcome packet to all newcomers for a whole year and it's used and distributed through all of our Blue Lotus temples throughout the United States.
1: And uh, I'm sending it to the printer on Monday. <laughs> and it's due on
0: and it's due on Monday, so uh, if that if that calls to you, hurry up uh, and see Um We are also looking for volunteers to help set up breakdown on May Fourteenth Day. The event starts at four and goes to seven, so we need bookends of that. We need setup crews before four and. Uh, tear down cruise after seven. There's a table over there, uh, with, uh, the opportunity to sign up and we'd be really grateful if you did. And then last but not least, regarding Wasaka Day, we do have, um, a lot of visiting monks coming to see us. And so each year we have an opportunity to sponsor a monk or part of a monk. And you, uh, so a full, a full monk is 150 <laughs> and you can decide what a body part's worth if you'd like to do less than that. And the, the sign up sheet is also over there. In the ceremony, we give, uh, an offering of Donna or generosity to each of the traveling monastics to recognize our appreciation for their travels and the money that they've put forth to get here and celebrate with us. I think that's it. Thanks everybody.